are now tuned in to the Wrestling Purists. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another retro review, courtesy of the Wrestling Purists. Uh, plus one today. Uh, we are so we are so honored, blessed, excited. Um, I don't know if we're pulling a Dan Housen here, just cursing him uh, by allowing him to come on and talk about this. Um, he is from the, the Wrestling Ruin podcast. He is one half of the great minds behind Next Generation Wrestling Tennessee. It is Eddie J. Shepard. Hey. You hype me up so much right there, and most of that's not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you we're, we're, we're the okay minds of next gen. <laughs> well, that's why it's wrestling. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's Jeff. <laughs> uh, hello. Yeah. Um, gentlemen, we have been brought here together to, today. Okay. Couldn't have Eddie on live last week. So we figured uh, this would be a great punishment. Um, come and watch and talk about WrestleMania 9 with us, uh, widely regarded as one of the worst WrestleManias of all time. Um, it's got a plethora of stars from, from the current era, but it's also, in a way, kind of like a passing of the guard a little bit. Um, Eddie, you guys are going through mid-90s mid, mid 90s, um, WWF right, right now on, on Wrestling Ruined. Um, what would be a good way to describe this kind of mid mid nineties era of professional wrestling? Uh, it's kind of like a youth movement, but the thing is they don't strap the rockets to the right people, uh, especially with us in 95 right now, they're, they're putting the, the rocket under diesel right now. And, uh, he, he's getting a great reaction, but Bret Hart's still getting the biggest reaction. So it's still kind of. Wow, they're no. trying to make Diesel this big star, but Bret Hart is still the backbone of the company. Uh, I will say Shawn Michaels is few and far between where we're at right now, but uh, he is a big staple and probably has one of the better matches on this WrestleMania we're about to talk about. Agreed. Jeff, what do you think about mid-90s? Um, I guess maybe not just in WWF, but maybe in kind of what's going on in professional wrestling in general right now. Uh, we, we've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, mid-90s is this weird, mid, mid-90s slash like late-90s, but this mid-90s is is just a weird era of mixturing of, like like Eddie said, young and old talent. You know, depending on the show and what you're watching, I mean, you could see Bob Backlund, you could see Harley Race, you could see Terry Funk, um, and you can also see, you know, just like you said, young and up-and-comers kind of all, in this mix. I, I think this is a time in wrestling that'll never be uh, replicated just with so many holdovers from the old, 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 old school, you know, mixing with, with, you know, guys now that, you know, that are household names. Yeah, this is, this is definitely just a wild time to be a professional wrestling fan. Kind of like what we are now. Um, we have, we have a lot of youth in, in a lot of the, I wouldn't say secondary wrestling promotions, but it's but as far as volume and just size, everybody below WWE right now is, um, you know, putting putting titles on younger guys. Kind of, kind of this new movement that we're seeing here. Um, 
So you young cats that are that are that are listening, this is this is a little bit similar. So let's take a trip back to the Royal Rumble. Uh, we were talking about it um, before we got going on here. Um, Yokozuna won um, the Royal Rumble back in January '93. Eliminated Randy Savage last because he tried to pin him. Idiot. <laughs> Idiot. Um, <laughs> Bret, Bret Hart is still your WWF champion. Um, Shawn Michaels at the Royal Rumble defeated Marty Jannetty to retain his Intercontinental Championship. Um, and there was also a Steiners match on there, which wasn't too bad. Um, maybe we'll circle back to that eventually. Um, but this, uh, this is historic for many reasons. We are in Paradise, Nevada. At Caesar's Palace, so the entire time from the start of the Rumble to the end of this show, it is all about the Roman theme. It's about being in the Colosseum. Um, I mean, it's they do not pull any punches when um, when when having a theme for this show. Uh, Jeff, you sent me a picture last last, last night of the Fink. <laughs> what was his name? Ficamus Maximus. That that <laughs> that's kind of it's <laughs> kind of all I need to say to kind of to, to kind of segue right in into this show. And like I said, th- this is widely regarded as one of the worst of all time. Um, that doesn't mean there's not some good stuff on it, guys. Um, so let's jump right right into it. We have the very big, uh, boy, boisterous voice of, Vin, of, of Vince McMahon vo- voicing over the beginning of the show. Um, Gorilla Monsoon's the host. Uh, this is the first WrestleMania where he's not doing the play-by-play commentary, which is um, another kind of big historic moment here because we would move on to Vince and Lawler for a little bit, and then eventually we would get into other pairings down down the line here we're greeted by caesar and cleopatra um, and then followed by macho man randy savage who um i need to clarify does not have a match on this wrestlemania card it is a travesty that macho man could add so much star power to your show in any kind of match and you do not utilize him in this yeah, I, I agree. And especially if you're going to have a WrestleMania nine with like a Roman theme and like, you know, again, like, like Cod said, they didn't cut any corners with this thing. You know, if you're going to do it, do it. And they did that aspect. Right. And you're going to have all these bells and whistles. And you're not going to have Macho Man even do a run in. You know, he didn't have to match. You're not going to get a run in or a save or nothing. Uh, you, you, you fumbled the, the, you fumbled the ball here. Yeah. And then. Not to be outdone, uh, we do get Bobby Heaton uh, <laughs> int- <laughs> introduced on a camel. <laughs> you're you're probably thinking to yourself watching this in '93. Nobody would ever think that you would see a camel on WWF programming ever again. Oh, Saudi Vision 2030. <laughs> I love Matt Riddle, but it's cool. The the funniest yeah. part about Bobby Heaton coming out is when he gets off the camel, he 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 falls over. And his ass is showing, and it's his, he's in his just his underwear. And Macho Man just looks over at the camera and just gives a big thumbs up <laughs> right by Bobby <laughs> Heenan. It's so yeah. great. 
Yeah, then Macho Man goes, what are you doing to the camel or something? And Bobby says something in Macho Man's, he's like, yeah, you think that you think that's bad? He's like, the, the camel's got heat too. <laughs> <laughs> it got me so bad. Got me so bad. Uh, so uh, jumping right into our first match here, it is for uh, the Intercontinental Championship. Shawn Michaels right now. Um, valeted by Luna Vachon, uh taking on Tatanka uh, right now with uh, the sensationalist of all sensationalists, Sensational Sherry. Um, uh, Jeff, you're a big Shawn Michaels guy. What do you think of the match? Um, I actually hate Shawn Michaels. <laughs> um, but, um, I mean, it's not a bad match. Again, I can't stand Shawn Michaels. He's terrible. But his in-ring stuff is great. Um, so, I mean, this is probably the best. Well, this probably is the best match on the card. Now, that's not saying too much just because the rest of the card. But um, Tatanka's not a bad worker either, you know. So, you know, let's not want to disrespect him. But, yeah, I mean, you have – I didn't like the finish and the way they did that. But as an in, in-ring work and ability, uh, yeah, this was a wrestling match on a wrestling show. Um, some shenanigans, some tomfoolery, yes. But um, for the most part, um, it was palatable. Yeah, and I, I, I want to say because I, this is still um, during during Tatanka's undefeated streak, so it's kind of you know, it's 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 very interesting how this match has worked. And his debut was in January of ninety one, so we're on. Uh, two plus year undefeated streak of and he's over too he the pop he gets when he comes in is massive and i say massive because there's not a lot to combat it on this show um but also i know that sean and sherry had split by this point um why is why is luna vashon with him Luna is with him as his heater just because they're, they're, they're trying to get cheap heat. Uh, Luna looks fantastic in her outfit matching Sean. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've recently watched the, the dark side of the ring with, uh, with Luna. And it, it, I hadn't watched it yet. And it, it was kind of eye-opening. kind of feel really bad for you know mental health serious thing. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. whole buildup for all of this, you know, with Sean and Sherry, I mean, this goes back to, I believe, Wrestle, was it WrestleMania 8 with – Rick Martell and Shawn Michaels feuding there and then leading right into the rumble where uh, Marty and Shawn, they were doing the whole thing and they hit her with the, with the mirror. And uh, then, then Marty's kind of, kind of gone because Marty has drug problems as Marty does. And uh, it kind of leads into it. I, I, I am the opposite. Shawn Michaels is, is my, in my top three of all time. And personally, you know, as a person, he, he had a lot of, uh, uh, the word a lot of people use is prick. So Sean was a prick and uh, it's very noticeable in 95 too, with what we're doing in our podcast and seeing it. Uh, but, but this match, they painted themselves into a corner mm-hmm. because you're wanting to keep the, undis- the undefeated streak alive with the Tonka. However, you're still wanting to get Sean over as one of your, your top mid card heels. And they do this non finish and it kind of just ruins the whole start of this pay per view. As you know, it would have been a great pop and circumstance to have Tatanka walk out as Intercontinental Champion. Agreed. Yeah. And it's, and it's a lot of, and it's a lot of chain wrestling 
to start um, a lot of a lot of good working ideas throughout the match, and you have that in the back of your mind, like like they like they have to pull the trigger on Tatanka here, you know. And we're gonna, you know, I feel like we're gonna keep circling back to this as far as you know a youth movement, and not to say that you know Tatanka is you know a young guy. But as, as, as far as being seen on your television screen, you've been watching Sean, Sean Michaels probably twi- twice as long as you've been watching Tatanka. So, um, and the way he's over, you would think that this is all getting to that. And then they do nothing with it. <laughs> they do they nothing. Do, with it. They do nothing. Yeah. Nope. This is close to being the longest match in the card, um, which it had no right to be um i i think this match probably could have been cut by a couple of minutes um i don't i don't think this match was ready to go for almost 20 minutes but then you get to the finish and he's about and sean's about to get counted out so he pulls um the, so he pulls the referee outside and for some reason the referee waits until Tatanka hits his finisher um, and then, like, taps him on the shoulder to signal for a DQ. It's, it's so bonkers weird. Uh, so watching this, I mean, obviously I've seen this. So he hits the finisher, and I'm looking. I'm like, I'm like I, th- I was like, I could have sworn this match ended in DQ. And then he, like, pops up and calls for the bell. And I was like, oh, well, that was an interesting time to uh, – <laughs> that was an interesting time to call for it. Yeah. Yeah, very, very just weird, like, se- sequence there. Also, a fun fact, um, the referee for, for this match, Joy, Joy Morella, is uh, is Gorilla Monsoon's son. Yes, he is. And he also, uh, a few years later, he actually dies in a car, ra- uh, car crash. Poor guy. That I, that I actually did know. I didn't know, I didn't know that he was a referee. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I... I think what killed this for me is that there were just too many rest holds for me um, to uh, to talk a lock that arm bar in a ton. Um, by the end of the match, the shoulder, the whole shoulder thing he was trying to sell was just a moot point by the end of the match. Uh, um, but Sean sells everything great at this point. It makes even with the screwy finish, really, really lets Tataka go out strong. I think even with the DQ win. Yeah, but I feel like if, if you're you gotta either shit or go off the pot with Tatanka. You gotta give him give him the huge push. He's undefeated right now. Why not give him you know this big coronation in the opening match of WrestleMania? And hell, man, you could have cut this match by five five seven minutes, and you could have turned you know and had a Macho Man match. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you could have added more star power to your show to get more pay per view buys, but. I mean, they decided to go with this DQ finish, and it kind of sets the tone for the whole show. Yeah, I agree. Especially when, like you said earlier, you have this whole this grandioso WrestleMania. You stroll out camels and all this stuff, fireworks and everything else under the sun, and then everybody's fired up, and you have a no DQ, and not even a a right way, you know, a correct way done. No DQ. It kind of just takes the 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 wind out of the sails and. Like you said, Eddie just ruins this damn thing before it even gets started. I mean, they could have easily done just a, a, a simple they, uh, finish. There's a spot in the match where 
Uh, Tatanka does a slingshot and hits Sean in the corner, and he goes to roll him up. One, two, three, and Sean still, you know, Tatanka rolls out. He gets the win. He's champion. Sean Michael still is the chicken shit heel. Pissed off he got caught. Easy, mm-hmm. easy way. Easy finish. Uh, yeah, but they uh, they keep this undefeated streak going until, I want to say, October. Ludwig uh, Borga. Yep, yep. <laughs> I knew you were going to know that, too. <laughs> God, man, oh, it, 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 he was such a, a – I remember being a kid and just being terrified of the man. Yeah, yeah. He was serious. Yeah, he said looking at us like he's going to kick someone's ass and he didn't care. And then they did nothing with him. So that nope. <laughs> seems to be the MO here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get a post-match brawl between the ladies. Um, it, was a, it was a Luna clothesline, uh, Luna body slam. Good stuff there. Then we cut backstage. We got Mean Gene in his best-looking Roman attire. And like Jeff said, they go all out for this. And that's kind of the one thing I have to give them credit for with this show is they went for it. And it'll keep popping up here as uh, we get throughout the show. Uh, But Mean Gene's in the back. He's got the Steiner brothers with him. Um making their WWF debut it it, it it seems wild to be thinking that um they had they had been making some appearances um so this is a WrestleMania debut excuse me um they had they had been on the rumble they defeated the Beverly brothers um we left WCW in November of 92 um they were the WCW tag champs at the time, which is wild. Um, but this is this is this is peak, this is peak Steiners, guys. Uh, this is this is exactly what you know you've got with Braun with Braun Breaker right now, except um, a little bit more of an ability to go in the ring. Uh, but we move on. It's just a standard tag match. You have the Steiners. You have the Head Shrinkers. Um, Kind of an old school tag match. Um, let's start with Eddie this time. Uh, what did what did you think of this one? Man, I am such a Steiner Brothers mark. I it, it drives me nuts because there's a generation of wrestling fans that only know Scott Steiner as Big Papa Pump. That don't know the Steiner Screwdriver, Scott Steiner, and he's one of the best workers in this time, like in this era. And it's kind of overshadowed because they're in a tag team, but. Scott Steiner was doing so much innovative stuff. Uh, like I said, the Steiner screwdriver is one of the craziest finishing moves ever. Like how he didn't break people's decks is beyond me. But the cool thing about this match is it's actually kind of a WCW match because when you break down the head shrinkers, uh, they were the Samoan SWAT team essentially in, in uh, WCW. I love this match. I, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a weird match just because some, there's some spots that are kind of messed up, but man, I love the Steiner brothers. I can't say anything bad about them. Um, I'm going to gush as well. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know, I think Eddie's absolutely right. Um, this match is, is also great. I'm a Steiner's brother, Steiner brothers, Mark as well. There's a time, like Eddie said, people, you know, younger people, kids, you know, if you will, they only know him as Big Papa Pump. This dude was actually amazing and legit. There's a time in the world in the mid-90s where he was probably um, 
I don't know, a top three guy in the world. Like he, Scott was that good. He could do anything. He couldn't do any wrong. Now, yeah, well, promos and stuff like that withstanding, but all his stuff in the ring was great. And they were serious. And as a tag team, they were serious. WCW, WCW, they were serious. Um, I I just don't think they get the respect Scott slash uh, they, the Steiner brothers get the respect that that they deserve sometimes. Um, Because it's easy to look back and look at all the stuff that haven't hasn't gone right and this promo and that promo and this match, but in totality, um, they're absolutely amazing. This is this for me is my match tonight. Uh, yes, there are a couple of things wonky here and there, um, but that's wrestling. But yeah, uh, not, not to not to interrupt, but uh, I don't know if you're going to end up mentioning this. But do you know that? Bruce Pritchard actually had in mind for Scott Steiner to win the 93 Royal Rumble. <laughs> I didn't know that. I mean, that would be the best he, thing he's, he's ever done, but I guess, spoke, I guess it wasn't because it didn't happen, but he's, he spoke about it on his podcast and actually mentioned that that was one of their uh, ideas, but there was a lot of uh, pushback because Scott didn't want to leave Rick because they felt like they had such a good thing going at the same time, you know, they were working new Japan and they had such a good deal with new Japan. I think that was kind of the thought process. They didn't want to lose that momentum as a tag team because of that. I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, if, it, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense, and I understand that. But God, these guys, especially Scott. And again, we're, we're, I'm not, I don't want to shortchange Rick. He's that dude too. Oh, he's good. Um, he's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think a lot of people too, you know, watching this back too. Scott Steiner's always been a huge guy. He's yeah. not been a small dude. I mean, I know he got you know, he got a little bit bigger as Big Papa Pump, but man, he has always been he he is the idea guy for Vincent Mann. For not only can he work, he can't talk, which that's fine, but he is a body guy. Yeah, and he's and Give he's me doing a fucking he, Mike, he, and, and he's and he he's doing cruiserweight shit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. On on top of your regular power mm. guy stuff, you know he can do all that stuff too. He's a freak show. Well, uh, pun intended. <laughs> well, I think I think your big oh, thing, my the, freaks. The big uh, thing too is is really Scott's the worker and Rick's more the the charismatic one, and he's just mm-hmm. a kind of a powerhouse. And it, they feed off each other so well. And no matter who you yeah. put them in the ring with, you you pretty much can get a guaranteed good match out of them. Yep, yep. And yeah. and if and if you, you go back to their older older stuff, um. You know, like NWA, you know, JCP stuff, just like that time period. Um, Rick was actually uh, like the, um, I thought Rick was a little bit better, like early, early in, in, in their career. Not like better, but I mean, like he kind of was a little, a little bit flashier. And then, then Scott kind of came into his own, um, you know, for me at least. Well, a lot of that too, it goes back to uh, Scott having a feud with Ric Flair as well. And they, they having uh, some, some matches on the Clash of the Champions. And, uh, you know, Flair would elevate these guys. I mean, it's kind of like with Sting. And they had big plans for Scott. I just, it never really came to fruition, at least till later. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to double down with Jeff, though, on this one. This is my mad match tonight. The one Steiner's match that I could always go back and watch without any reason just to, perk me up it is from super brawl one and it's the steiners versus lex luger and sting now jeff before you get started here okay because i know the steiner or sorry lex luger is lex luger here on the show um 
this is probably his best his best match I've ever seen. So um, take that for what it's worth. Uh, um, but it's just so good. And even from ninety one to now we're at ninety three, not a lot changes. Um, you know, you know what changes? Like you guys were saying, you know, you know Scott Scott's getting getting bigger in size, but still being able to maintain kind of that kind of high high flying aspect of of his offense um and i think and i think that they use that in this match a little bit as far as as far as the head shrinker strategy for for keeping scott isolated for so long um really really working him down um it ended up coming back back to him in in the end um Rick Rick Steiner goes to headbutt uh, one one of them, um, but that's wrestling one 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 guys. You never headbutt a Samoan um, <laughs> ever. Um, and then and we had Doomsday Device, uh, and then a Frankensteiner that damn near kills Samu, um, and that's it. This match is over. The Steiners win, um, clean as a whistle. Um, solid tag tag match. It's my match match and I like like I said. Um, my my thing is why didn't they get more love when they were in WWF? And that's that's my thing because they were they were they were two time tag tag champs. Um, I think they could have been just so much more though. I think they understood their value though. And I think a lot of wrestlers at the time didn't. They were grateful just to have the position, but they knew that they were going to make money regardless of where they went. It's kind of like the it's kind of like the Road Warriors. I mean, no matter where you go, they, they're going to be over. Yep. They're going to make money, and uh, they always knew they didn't need WCW. And a lot of this time, you know, if it's ninety four, ninety three, Bill Bill Watts era is full full swing right now, and no one wanted to work for Bill Watts. And nope. the money's in Japan. You know, these are big jacked American dudes and the, you know, that audience, they, they love that. They ate that shit up, you know, Terry Gordy and uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams and all them, you know, getting over in, in Japan because of it. Yeah. And um, a fun fact, they were, uh, they were the tag team of the year in 1993 as voted uh, by the, by, uh, by, by PWI. As they should be. As they should be. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, right back backstage, we got Mean Gene um, talking to Doink, uh, who is in his evil clown phase. Um, they're showing his feud with Crush, um, who <laughs> we talked about a couple week, weeks ago, um, who, is, who is now Kona Crush and not uh, just, red, just regular Crush. Um, so, we'll cut to that one now. It is Crush versus Doink the Clown. Um, Jeff, I believe your grandmother was a big fan of Crush. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't say it earlier, but, um, she loved, she loved to talk to too, but yeah, she loved Crush. Maybe, maybe for, maybe to her, he was easy on the eyes, you know, but <laughs> yeah, she, she loves some Crush boy. And she was so upset when, uh, when he was, um, you know, Kona Crush or, or, you know, Black and Red Crush and Demolition Crush. She, she, she couldn't take it. Um, so yeah, what, what did you think of the match, Jeff? I'll just start with you. Uh, so there, there was this, this actual evil doink. 
I actually enjoy a lot. And it, mm-hmm. it, it's almost really like super remnant of, of a Bray Wyatt or, um, Lord have mercy. What's, 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 what's his face for WWF? Um, was it Spivey? What's his name? He had a tattoo in the middle of his head. Oh, oh yeah. anyway. Uh, um, Waylon Mercy. No, Waylon yeah. Mercy. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, this this iteration of Doink. I actually enjoy, like I said, Waylon Mercy ish, you know, and and Bray Wyatt ish. So I enjoy all of that. Um, out of the match, I mean, I thought the the match kind of got off the rails at some point. Um, the finish was weird and all that, but I I'm not gonna lie, I, I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> Every now and then, like I know that I, I know there's God stuff that I shouldn't. Like. <laughs> I know I know I know I'm a purist, and I know there's stuff that I shouldn't like, and it's you know it's not healthy for me. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I had fun watching it a little bit. <laughs> I thought I thought done in in a in a better way. Um, you know, two doings and them doing the mirror, and oh, and then two uh, that little cast shot that he took from to the back of the head. Um, and the one after that was just the stiffest. I mean, the absolute, I guess back to, she said, laying in and by God, boy, did he laid in, he knocked the hell out of crush with that. But, um, I don't know. Uh, I enjoyed it, you know, at me or whatever. <laughs> Go ahead, fellas. Eddie, what do you got? Well, uh, this kind of, you know, is, uh, it's a kind of a rewind, but, WWE would they put out this box set of like the first two years of Monday Night Raw was like the best of and the thing was just littered with doink stuff and you know as a kid you don't really think about you know you can kind of retrospect you're like okay now this, this I don't really care for this it's a clown but then you start watching his work and you're like man this guy this guy got it and um it's a shame that they end up recasting Doink because, you know, Matt Bourne had drug problems, but uh, it, it was so good. Like you were saying with The Fiend, they could they could easily get by with something like this and it could get so over as such a heel clown. And it's like literally making kids cry and getting the cheapest of heat and it would it would get over. And but I mean, it's it, it, any kind of clown gimmick you go to, you're going to do now. Everyone's going to think a Doink. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I will say to this point in the show, Crush has the, the best mullet of the show. It's very coiffed and it is very long. And I, I think it's kind of weird that people just kind of, you know, as wrestling fans at this time, don't realize, well, that's Crush from Demolition. You know, people don't put two and two together because Demolition's only, you know, a few years. They were at what, WrestleMania 7 to two years ago. He was wrestling as, you know, Crush and Demolition. Now he's Kona Crush. He has a great yeah. look. And the crowd mm-hmm. has eaten it up too with the with the uh, the crushing their hands together, you know, with his finish. Uh, yeah. I, I like I like this match for what it is. I mean, it's more to me. It's more of like a house show match and a WrestleMania match, mm-hmm. and then the whole mirroring the the doinks with Steve Kern <sighs> is fantastic. Yeah, it's good stuff. Again, like you said, it's it's obviously not a WrestleMania match, like you said. But man, if, again, if you just take it for for face value, you know, and then you look at some of the other damn matches that we have later on, matches using the term loosely on the card, yeah, this this is it's good stuff. I, it, I think. <clears throat> Go ahead, but, sorry. Um, it's as hokey as it would look, you know, just from the outside looking in. It's actually, it's it's actually real business in the ring. You know, everything's done in a serious tone. Like, yes, it's a clown and it's doink and it's all that, but. I mean, everything was done, like, seriously, you know, with all this stuff going on and, and you know, the beating down at the end. And 
it was I, I thought it was legit. I think too, a lot of us look at WrestleMania now as this big spectacle, which WrestleMania has always been a big spectacle. But at the same time, when you go back, you know, we're at WrestleMania nine from WrestleMania one to eight. There's only a handful of matches on each show that are even considered decent, uh, even to this point. So I think a lot of us have a higher regard for what a WrestleMania match should be now compared to WrestleMania nine. You know, these people who may have purchased this were like, Hey, you know, this is just a, this is a cool match. I'm excited. It's WrestleMania. More so than the name of WrestleMania selling it than the quality of match. I would agree with you 100. percent Yeah, because I I think I think when you think of like iconic rather WrestleMania moments, like one of the first ones you'll think of is Hogan body body slamming Andre. Um, but if you watch that whole match, it's hot trash. Like, oh yeah, it's one of the it's one of the worst oh, WrestleMania my. matches. You know. Oh yeah. And, and you know that's it. Kind of goes along with the line here. Um, this match was serviceable at best. I'm not. I mean, it's. I mean, it's. It's, it, it's a clown, and I think. And I and I think they understood the assignment. I think that's the best way in modern, in modern day slang to describe this match. Is that they understood the assignment? They went out. They got. They got the job done. Um, Randy Savage at one point on commentary just goes. Crush him, crush, and I don't, I, I don't know why that got me as hard as it did. Well, th- there's a there's a lot to that because you know the following year <clears throat> at WrestleMania 10, you know they have Crush and Macho have that f- weird ass false count anywhere match, which I've never had the the rules be you have to get back in the ring within a minute of losing. Weird, weird stuff. Yep. But mm-hmm. Macho Macho Man and Brian Adams were really close friends and he was always pulling for him. So it kind of makes sense why you hear him, you know, say those things on commentary, little things to help try to get him over. Here I thought it was funny and it's, it's sincere. <laughs> well well then. <laughs> um and 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 uh, his finisher is so silly, though. Uh, I mean, I know, I know it's the cranium crusher. Um, yeah. Well, and, and look, I didn't put it together until like moments ago. I was like, cranium crusher. I was like, oh, he's going to crush. He's crushing a coconut. So, like, <laughs> this just, oh god. Two, two different, two different moves, but tell it the Fritz von Eric. And he's, uh, I mean, he's crushing, crushing your temple. You know what I'm saying? There's a bit of an age gap there too. I mean, it, <laughs> um, everything about this from an entertainment standpoint was fine. It was good. Just um, match was all right. No, but I I think it's um, I think it's uh, more along the lines of what Eddie was saying. This is more of a house show match or even like a lower card like. Um, you know, Monday Night Raw match. Well, it's hard to argue. Matt Bourne was given the doink gimmick. However, uh, it beats Big Josh in WCW where he came out with an axe handle. So, yeah, there's that. Hundred <laughs> percent correct. Unfortunately, um, it's funny though because af- after the match, um, which by the way, the referee for this um, for this match again was Joey Morella. But then we get Bill Alfonso, a referee came yeah, here, yeah. Um, and tells him there's a second doink. So they look under the ring and he's not there. Is, 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 why? Why Adam Cadabra. Yeah. Yep. There you go. He's gone. <laughs> it's he's gone. He's, it's it, it's Morella. And, uh, it's the Morella. Obviously knows he's on camera. I don't see anything. 
Like, you know, you had, you got one line there, Hoss. Like, take it easy. <laughs> Act natural. <laughs> I don't see anything. I don't see anything. Oh, Lord. Uh, um, we cut to Todd Pettengill uh, talking to some foreign photographers, marking out for Yokozuna. Um, and then we move on to a very... It's a very interesting match for me. This is Razor Ramon and Bob Backlund. Um, so this is so we aren't we aren't at WrestleMania ten yet, which we looked at last week. Um, but but since Razor's come back to the Federation, um, they've been booking him like he's been a big deal. Um, and then we have Bob Bob Backlund who um, trying to make a comeback. Um, career wise, no theme music. Um, not a not a new, not, I mean, neither one of these guys are quite a new generation guy yet. I don't think we're quite there yet, but at the same time, like, neither one of these guys are really a new generation guy, an old gen, an old generation guy. It's very much in, in between, and it's like. Who do you give the rub to? Well, it takes less than four minutes to find out. <laughs> That's three and a half minutes too long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, I didn't really care for this match. Um, I'll be, I'll be pretty straightforward with it. Um, I think, uh, I think it's clean. Um that's about that's all I got. This is this is one that as soon as it started, um, I was like, there's 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 no way this can end well. Well, this this goes back to what we were saying about you know shortening Shawn Michaels match and then giving Randy Savage match. Why would you not put Randy Savage in there with Razor and get Razor over? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, you're right. So you you shorten the Shawn Michaels match, you shorten. Uh, maybe some of the shenanigans at the end of the doink match with the rest coming out, and like, like there you go, you have a you have a uh, and, Macho Man on the card. And not only that, but you, you're going to get a quality match out of Macho Man, regardless of you mm-hmm. give them seven minutes, they're going to get seven minutes worth of shit in. But Bob Backlund is just so out of place, and I, mm-hmm. I don't really understand the logic. I know at the Rumble, he was the Iron Man in the Rumble match. He, at the time, I think he broke Ric Flair's record for the longest time in the Royal Rumble. Which so. kind of gives a rub to Backlund too, which is just so weird, and he's just so out of place. And he finally kind of finds his footing as the heel that he, he ends up being at the you know towards the end of '94. But yeah. putting him in there with Razor is doing nobody favors. They he threw these really awkward uh, hip tosses and he, he missed him on drop kick. It just it just did not work out well. Um, he does hit a nice uh, looking butterfly suplex here towards the end of the match. I will give him that. Um, but yeah, just very out of place. Um, and it's weird because, because Razor is clearly the heel at this point and with him being, being the heel, um, he's the crowd loves him. He's one of those heels that are so, so cool that you have to cheer for him. I mean, and you kind of see that with the, with the outsiders and when it, when they go to WCW, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, we're shortly off of the feud he started with the one, two, three kid after kid got the upset on raw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 
to your point where we have Bob, Bob Baglin really out of place. Bobby Heenan does mention he's 43. Um, so that even just adds to it that, you know, just so out of place, just unnecessary. Um, so then the end of the match, we see that, that Bob Backlund hits an atomic drop and then Razor just hits an inside cradle and gets the win. Good. Get him out of the ring. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. R- Razor looks like a million bucks, but I mean, that's about the, 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 the only thing I can say about the match is he looks like a million bucks. So then we cut backstage. Mean Gene is with Money Inc. Uh, be Ted DiBiase and IRS, uh, the current uh, WWF Tag Team Champions. Um, they show a clip of IRS attacking Brother Brutai, uh, hits him in the head with a briefcase, um, and then they th- uh, they they threaten him by saying they're going to break his face. Um, well, they kind of did. Um, so it's really funny that um, Hulk has a black eye here. And um, I don't know if you guys know the story behind this. This was, um, this was a jet ski accident that he had gotten into days before this show. Um, but obviously they decided to cover it during the pre-match. Uh, I was saying money Inc. caused it. Uh, we got brother Bruce with a mask on his face to sell the broken face. Um, the, <laughs> Um, just 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 a weird sight to see Hulk with a black eye. Which, yeah, the urban know. legend for the longest time was Macho Man gave it to him in, in backstage. That was always like the biggest urban legend about it, because uh, I believe it was around the same time that Elizabeth and Macho Man are separating, and so a lot of that's going on. And of course, the parasailing accident with with Brutus, which is graphic of what actually happened to his face in real yeah. life, why he had to have yeah. reconstructive surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But it's weird seeing Hogan on like the mid card of a WrestleMania. No, yeah, it's it's wild actually. Um, yeah, this also too. I think with the the mask that that Brutus is wearing, all this stuff, it's it's just a it's just awkward. Like you know, you got Hogan with a black eye, like you got Brutus with a with a mask on his face, and like you said, he like they're in a mid card tag match. Like if you beamed in from outer space and you knew Hulk Hogan, you're like, "What the hell is going on here?" You know, like, "What is this?" Well, not only that, but the fact that they they paired Jimmy Hart with one of the best coked out talkers in wrestling history is the weirdest thing for me. <laughs> you're, and, you're you're not wrong about that. <laughs> and and the, the whole buildup as a kid, I remember when it happened. You know, they hit brutus's face with the briefcase on raw and i remember watching that because that's one one of the very like first episodes of raw when it happened and then jimmy hart turning face and like as a kid you never saw jimmy hart as a as a good guy it was kind of the weirdest yeah. thing ever and but as an as an adult looking back it's like it's very weird that they put jimmy hart with hulk hogan yeah it doesn't you're right it doesn't make any sense especially all those years and i mean memphis and everywhere else with Jimmy Hart's just the absolute best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, funny, we're talking about um, Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed Leslie. Um, <laughs> this would actually... Oh, um, I I forget which... Um, I think it was when we... Jeff, we talked about Starcade 94. And I went... Just the 
Um, I just went through all of just the gimmicks. He has got to be the gimmick king. Okay. Dizzy Hogan's my favorite one. Dizzy Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> or when he had no name at all. <laughs> the man the man with no name? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I think it was a time he came out just with a question mark as well. Uh, good times. <laughs> There's also the man with no face. Um, yep. <laughs> seriously. Thank you. Just, <laughs> some good ones. Some gosh. Good. Um I'm just, I'm just going to do it because it's our show. We do what we want. Um, Baron Beefcake. Uh, big big Brother Booty. The um, Booty Man. Horace Hogan. Brother Brutai. Uh, brute Force. Not to be confused with Strike Force. Um, the, the, the Butcher. The yep. Clip Master. The Disciple. Because he butchered our friendship. He butchered yeah. our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> because, he was, because he was the man in black. Just for the well, I, time. I, I listened to a podcast not too long ago, and I guess they're on good terms now. But Hogan, Hogan was talking like, and again, I, I at some point, well, there was bad blood between him, and I understand that. But like Hogan was talking to somebody, and he was just nonchalant making it sound like, oh, I mean, like, yeah, we were friends, but like, not from a past tense of like, hey, we were friends, stuff got sideways, and we know we just don't, we don't like each other anymore. No, he he was trying to make it sound like. Well, we were never like friend friends. And I was like, oh, BS. Like this guy, he, this guy was booked to the high heavens with you. You know, he main evented uh, a pay-per-view with you, you know, like don't, and you know, how Hogan can be Hogan was like acting like, no, oh, I just like, I just knew the guy and he was coming around. No, you, you guys are best buds there, Hoss. Yeah. At, at the, at the very least, Brutus definitely held his Coke for Hogan. Like he held, he was, he was his Coke holder. And, and, and there, there's always, there's been talk too where Linda McMahon or Linda McMahon, Linda Hogan uh, came out and said that him and Brutus were having like, or they had like a relationship, like a physical relationships. So it's, it's hard telling because Hogan lies so much that there, there could be something more to this than what we see. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's pro wrestling. He said he definitely at least, he definitely at least was his Coke man. He held his, Coke or weed for this man. Yeah. In the case something happens, you know, brother <laughs> yeah, taking brother Rudolph's taking a hit. Exactly. Man. I'm gonna keep booking you, buddy. You got a Starcade main event out of it. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, so um I'm gonna stick with this. So um <laughs> when you when when you think about WCW NWA, um, pretty much everything the in the entire um umbrella okay what would you say like they're like known for like what like what's the one pay-per-view you think of when you talk about wcw and nwa personally me i know a lot of people focus on starcade but Mm -hmm. really the the great american bash is kind of really where it's at because they would do they would do one Starcade show, but they would do a whole tour for Great American Bash, yep. and they would run war games in different towns and draw, you know, draw huge amounts of money and fans. So I, I think of the Great American Bash. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Eddie on this one. It, it's it, mm-hmm. the Johnny Come Lately is what the the surface wrestling fans will say. Oh, well, it's Starcade. No, it's you're right. It's the Great American Bash, and if you do your homework and like Eddie said, you know that it's the Bash was traveling a traveling show and. 
they did that damn thing everywhere and so many good matches and so much money and the, the gates and it's just out of this world. So yeah, it's absolutely the bash. So Ed, Ed Leslie didn't main main event, a great American bash, but he did main event a star gate. It's so bad. It's so, and I can sit here and tell you as we're covering 95 on our podcast that, he is involved in some of the worst matches of 1995. And that's saying something because 95 is a, such a benchmark year of being terrible. It, he, he, the, for Hogan to say that they were not friends, is, he's full of shit yeah. because yeah, there's no way, there's no way that that man made events, a, uh, Starcade unless he's friend with Hogan. No. Yeah. And like, the, again, like that's what I was saying. I listened to the, to the, whatever it was. And I was just like, that's, it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Like, oh, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know Cod, like, you know, he's cool. <laughs> like, no, no, he, you know, like he's your friend there, dude. Like, don't be <laughs> acting. Yeah. But Hogan was out there acting like, you know, like, oh, well, I met him a couple of times in the past and we just worked together. <laughs> oh, that, that's it. Okay. And you know what? Actually, Christ. now thinking about it, so, sorry, Eddie, to cut you off. No, in you're hindsight, good. He may be doing the right thing now. I I take everything I said back. Hogan's probably right because because if you're if you're on that level with the person and you know he's holding you coke for you doing everything else, you might be right. Well, I mean, I kind of <laughs> I kind of know him. I actually yeah. I, I actually kind of have a theory behind it why Hogan lies so damn much. I, I you know and it, it's kind of a dark theory, but you know it's hard telling how much CTE Hulk Hogan has had from all the years of wrestling. He might yeah. think some of this is fucking true. You don't know, man. You know, uh, but uh, but he, he he definitely was friends with Bruce Beefcake. Fucking liar. Yeah. <laughs> is this before or after he plays from Metallica? Plays bass for Metallica? Yeah, exactly. I was going <laughs> to mention that too. <laughs> this was a uh, this was uh this was after. This is before Pasta Mania, though. So you're getting there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Um. So we've got this tag match for the titles. <laughs> um, <laughs> back to your rarely scheduled programming. Um, Love you, Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff, being the Hogan guy, what do you yeah. got? Um, this is um, this is a shit show. I mean, it's it's you're actually Hogan did a did a couple of. You know, he actually kind of – I don't know if he felt that this since it was a tag match, he had to do a little bit more, or maybe because it was a tag match, he could shine a little bit more. But he actually moved a little little bit more in the ring than he than he usually did. He did like a – you know, uh, DiBiase goes to drop down. Hogan steps over. Well, I guess technically he didn't hit the rope. He just turned around and gave him a right hand. But he, he looked ready. You know, I was like, man, look at Hulk Hogan uh, trying to show some athleticism or, you know, like jumping around. And it, it actually looked like – Hulk Hogan was have, hey, I know I'm having fun in this match because I guess I know what the outcome is going to be later, and we'll get to that later. So I guess, you know, he was wrestling with house money in this in this tag match. But mm-hmm. um, And I think DiBiase, too, doesn't get an, uh, a bunch of credit um, that he actually deserves. And I understand that, you know, younger fans just know him as Ted DiBiase. They don't know any, any you know, of his stuff in Memphis and his stuff with the Junkyard Dog. Most people don't know all that stuff, but – um, just the way DiBiase tells stories and his heel work, he's so good. And how he didn't win, you know, a title. He, he easily could have been uh, the guy, you know, a top – or he was a top heel guy, but, you know, like a heel wrestling champion. But, you know, the, the vortex that is Hulk Hogan um, <laughs> said no. 
Well, yeah, a lot of that too is WWF was a territory that didn't book, didn't book itself with the Hill champion and the baby chasing him. It was is the opposite. It was the Hills chasing the the baby face, which yeah. I think I think is wrong. I think I think the NWA got that right with Flair being champion, and you're you know you build baby faces to chase them, and then when you get to the right moment, you get like Sting for example, you 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 pull the trigger on that, you have a superstar made, but. Mm-hmm. I think they find that out later on when they when Hogan pretty much leaves and they have nobody else to kind of put the put the you know the weight on except for Bret Hart. Yep. Oh, just thinking about this match just gives me a migraine. Um, <laughs> so there are there are moments that happen within this match that you're supposed to like feel feel something for. Like there are there are a couple hot tags where you're supposed to be like, oh yeah, let's go, yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just you, God, God, maybe you were watching the wrong match. Well, <laughs> I'm saying in I, I'm saying in terms of kayfabe, where I got you, I got you, you know, I got you. <laughs> where I'm messing, I'm messing. you're supposed to feel something and you just don't because at no point in this match do you feel as though Money Inc with Hogan in the ring, is really going to get one over on him. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm Never. You, right. you know, and it doesn't take until um, Jeff's favorite move, the ref bump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Hogan takes Brother Brutai's mask, hits both of them in the face. Then he pins, and then Jimmy Hart just slides in and makes the pin. Counts counts the three. Yeah, he he he, re- he doesn't he take his jacket off and puts it in like he it's inside out and it has rough stripes on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah fucking I, stupid. Yeah. yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> it's a, it's a, what? Like it, so, it's 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 house show bullshit, really. With this mm, and what this match yes, is, yes, it really is. Yes, yes, yeah. And then second ref come comes out. Um, you know, of course you have. Of course, you have uh, you know Hogan and Brutus celebrating. They're like, like, no, 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 you cheated, so you so you don't lose, but you lose by disqualification. Yeah. And here's something as an adult too that I noticed in Hogan matches. Hogan works heel in a lot of his matches, even as a babyface. Mm-hmm. He yeah. he works he works as a heel. He does eye pokes, he does back rakes, he does all that stuff. The only thing uh-huh. that's different is he's tur- he's turned up his personality. His, his, his to me, Hollywood Hogan is just is pretty much. Terry Bollea, and, and it, it shows more. But through all of his baby baby run, he he kind of works as a heel. Yeah, no, you, yeah. You, you're and right. You're the crowd, right. the crowd eats all of it up. Because I guess, I guess, if you're just like a fan and you're watching, like, oh, haha, uh, you know, you know, you know, the big baby face. Ray, raking you know the eyes of the heel, ha ha! That got one on them. I, I I guess, but the crowd eats up all all of his heel work though. Like he's like but, he's the supreme but, lord of the babyface. Well, he is. Um, there's this <laughs> there's this shift though that happens with Hogan because early like early eighties Hogan and early early nineties Hogan is terrible, but it's like not bad. It's all it's all right. It's when you start to see this shift in Hogan where, like, it's not that he – well, I mean, I guess he takes himself seriously, obviously. But you, you, you can just tell in his work, he's like, oh, well, like, I'm Hulk Hogan and I'm arrived. And that's when it gets to the point where it's just like, 
uh, it's just, it's just insufferable, you know, it's insufferable. And, you know, he's steamrolled a lot of people and flattened them and turned them in a, turned them into a road on his way to, to glory. But yeah, this match is, you know, it's a match, I guess well. the best damn, <laughs> the best damn piece of like athleticism was, was, uh, Hebner running into the spot where he needed to get into the bump. You know what I'm saying? He took three <laughs> or four hearts. He ran down there, boom, gets bumped. I was like, yeah, Hebner, there you go. That's yeah. How you do it. I, yeah. I- I, I want to acknowledge too. I hate Earl Hebner as referee. Uh, I, he inserts himself way too much into a match and makes it about him. I hate him so much. Well, yeah, uh, well, yeah, because your job as a referee is to make sure that you're not the star of the match. Well, he makes sure he is, and and, and that's it's just something I, I just don't like his cadence of how he counts or anything. It's kind of a moot point, but uh, I, I just wanted to be known. I hate Earl Hebner. <laughs> No, he, he, he's been Scratch given that the list of people that can come on our show. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he's just been given that leeway over the years. Yeah. Like even with the uh, even with like Triple H, Triple H will push him, and then he'll push Triple H, and Triple H will bump, oh, and everybody and he'll sell claps, his ass off, and everybody claps like train seals. I, I, I get it. It's you know, Hebner's Hebner. Um, but yeah, I, I um, when we talked, um. When we talked to Todd Sinclair a while back, um, that was that was one thing he was always told when he first got in the Ring of Honor and he was first starting to officiate was your job as your job as a referee is to not be the star of the match unless it's part of the storyline. Yeah. If you don't know the refs there, he's doing his job. He or she's exactly doing their doing well, their job. Unless your name is Todd Sinclair, then you just get shit on every match. Talk talk to your dad. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just to show that Hogan and Beefcake are the are are the faces, okay, the supreme faces. Um, they go to attack the referee that had disqualified them. Um, but I guess instead Jimmy Hart throws them out of the ring. Um, so there's so there's that. Yeah. And they put a brick in a briefcase, so there's that too. <laughs> with uh, with money, and uh, I'm not gonna lie, the tax papers got the tax like return papers got me. <laughs> it is ta- it is tax season, so it makes sense when you it, it correlates. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, continuity. Yeah. Uh, um. So Todd Pettengill now talking to Natalie Cole and the Caesar's Palace CEO. Okay. Um. Then backstage, you have Mean Gene with Mr. Perfect, um, who was out for a lot of night 92 and did a, a, did a lot of commentary, which I fantastically enjoyed. Um, uh, and he constantly doesn't say the narcissist, right? Okay, let's go back to the Rumble, okay? Because the Rumble was when Bobby Heenan uh, debuted Lex Luger as, you know, being the narcissist. But if you go back and watch it, he it, it, it's every time he says narcissist, he goes, he's like, here he is, the narcissist. And it, it, for, it, it gets me every time. Like, Bobby, Eden, you're better than that. I don't know <laughs> why you would say it like that. Yeah, but I feel like if Bobby Heenan's saying it like that, then Cod, it's you. If Bobby Heenan's saying it that way. Also, that was a really long, like, debut, like, like, please, sir. Like, okay, so, so, 
right before the Rumble match and right before, um, you know, you have, uh, you know, Clea, you have your know, Cleopatra come out and they're like, the winner goes to WrestleMania. Um, you, you just have, you, you just have Luger standing in front of a bunch of mirrors. Fine. He's now the narcissist. Fine. He can't work anyway. So, and then you have Bobby Heenan and this thing goes on for like five minutes of just look at those pecs. Look at those thighs. Look at the muscles. It's it's the narcissist. And well, well, that's, that's that's Vince in his ear. Saying, yeah, talk about his body, buddy. Yeah. yeah well, well, knowing knowing Vince, he probably had the narcissist um, trademarked, and then and then there you go. The rest is history. You know what I mean? God, well, we can't well, say narcissist. We have to say the narcissist because oh. that's coming on a t-shirt near you. Yeah. Because Perfect came back at Survivor Series to team with Macho Man due to yeah. Ultimate Warrior being fired uh, for uh, steroid use, and uh, and probably another coat guy of, of Hogan's. But he 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 was taken out because of that, and that's what brought Perfect back. But Perfect had back issues from then on, um, and then of course Luger was brought in to be a part of the World uh, Bodybuilding Federation, the WBF that Vince had. Yeah. And then the steroid allegations started uh, ramping up, and the WBF soon became no more, and Luger shows up at the Rumble. Yep. However, he looks fantastic. Well, <laughs> Luger... Or go ahead, go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, Luger, you know, um, hear, hear me out here. Not his work, obviously, but Luger's like almost uh, an iteration of Brock Lesnar in the sense of like he's a guy that always comes on the scene and he never has a... You know, like he always has a mouthpiece with him, with him, and he gets a million chances. And again, now Brock Lesnar is a million times more the wrestler than 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 Lex Luger is. But Lex, just because of the way he looks, he looks like a million dollars. And in that time period, he's always he's always always getting shots. He can he he can always pop up like I, I, maybe it's like recent you know recency bias or whatever. But like Luger will show up in those days. He's like, oh man, it's Lex Luger. You know, yeah, but he can't wrestle to save his life, but. But he can he can come in and flex and do this. It's like Luger. And as my thing as a kid, you know, I I didn't you know as us as kids, we never broke down wrestlers' work rate. You know what I mean? And yeah. and look looking in you know twenty twenty two eyes, you know, Lex Luger is not a great wrestler. But being a kid and seeing this big jacked up dude, like man, this guy's gonna kick his ass. Like it, it's believable to me. Uh, no, yeah. I, I think Luger really doesn't start getting into his own until probably about ninety. Seven when he's feuding with you know Hogan and the NWO and and he's arguably one of the next to Sting one of the most over guys in that time period in WCW as a babyface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make it better. Um, but yeah, just just he's Lex Luger is just is just such an enigma. At least we not forget that he's involved with Miss Elizabeth dying. So the, there's that as well. Like he was there when she died. So uh, th- th- that uh, to me, that's always going to be kind of his lasting legacy overall is, is, is kind of the shady ending to his career. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so there's Lex Luger in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, so the, these are the... These are the sparklers that they would use for Gilbert about five to six years later. Um, he was more over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you have, but you have some of the showgirls holding the mirrors there um, with the sparklers in the back. Um, 
And it's so weird, like the like like the flip flop here, because when you think of Mister Perfect, I, I, I think he's he's a better heel, and all and always has has been. His gimmick oh. has been has been suited to do that. And then you think oh, of yeah. Lex Lex Luger, and not and not the narcissist, but just Lex Luger in general. You think of probably just like your all American baby face. Um, Oh, fun fact about the narcissist. Um, in I want to say it was WWF Royal Rumble. Um, the video game, he was just the narcissist. He wasn't Lex Luger. It was, it was just the narcissist. So um, you might be on to something, Jeff. Uh, Trade, I'm telling you. You guys know Vince. You know how this mm-hmm. cash cow rolls. Yeah. Uh, but coming to this match, Mr. Perfect was, you know, the baby face. Like Eddie said, returning. Um, and then Lex Luger, the you know, narcissistic heel. Um, this was a match that happened. Um, uh, Eddie, what did, what did, what did you think of this one? The story behind this match is that they were about to go out there and perfect looked at Luger and said, I forgot the entire fucking match. And Luger was like, what? So imagine (laughs) having one of the best, one of the best wrestlers of the nineties and Mr. Perfect uh, telling you, hey man, I know we we talked about you know our match. Like I don't remember anything of it. Now, now, perfect is a, like a huge ribber, and yeah, I can almost him? see him ribbing him really hard, just to kind of make himself you know <laughs> make himself laugh over the situation. Um, but yeah, to but to me, it it te- it's very obvious that I think it might have been legitimately because he they act like they didn't know what was going on out there. It's just something was off. Um, but I agree, flip flop flip flop the the roles. Perfect is like a Dolph Ziggler. He's he's your bump guy. He's your guy to mm. get the fucking to, to get your get your shine back. Get the take the heat. But you know you have these roles reversed, and that they get to it. You know, but you know in August you have SummerSlam. Luger goes to you know the the Lex Express and all that. The thing that was the most interesting to me was actually the end is when, you know, they get to the back and they start building with Sean and perfect and the uh, steamroll into that into a, a, an actual feud. That's, that's the most, that's the, like the thing I remember the most from that match is the after stuff. Mm. Yeah. And it's crazy because the build for this whole gimmick is that not only was he supposed to be the narcissist, they built um, a motorcycle accident that he had had into his gimmick. So um, he was supposed to um, quote unquote guest pose at um, one of the bodybuilding shows um, and then had a motorcycle accident and then he recovered and they were out of business. Um, So they (laughs) built this motorcycle accident in, saying that he had a metal plate put into his forearm. Forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yep. Yeah. You're right. Um, so then, uh, so, so that officials demanded um, that he would wear like an elbow pad of sorts on it, and then he would take it off and be the, be the heel. Um, Boy, I'm, I'm I'm glad this didn't go any longer than what it did because I tell you what, the first eighty percent of this was absolutely boring. That's and what I, makes me believe that they really did not remember the match. Yeah, <laughs> it it goes to support that theory because um, it's it's a lot of a lot of rest holds, 
a lot of Luger trying to be a heel. Um, but as we would see later in 93, and here's the thing, Hogan would leave and Luger would just take that role later this year. You know, it, it, it wouldn't even be like half the rest, rest of the year. Like we got to summertime and he was not the narcissist anymore. Thank God. Yeah. 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 No, he was, I was sexy. Lexi. Uh, yeah. Lex, Lex, Alexis press. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Jeff, would you like to add anything to this? Because this is, this is peak Lex Luger for you. Um, no, I mean, I think you guys have said it, uh, just about said everything I could say. Um, this is time off my life that I can't get back. So, <laughs> uh, um, and you know how I feel about Lex Luger, but we continue to, to watch Lex Luger on this podcast. I'm starting to think, you know, Kyle's about to have some heat with me, but, uh, no, no, no. Uh, this match was awful. Um, it just, it just looked you know, the first five minutes of a match can be what well, was like that the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't good. And then at the end, I got to watch Shawn Michaels, who's just back there in jeans and no T-shirt, like just, just waiting to super kick somebody. Just can't wait to super kick somebody. He, he was going to crescent kick him. Crescent Sorry. kick him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, let's not forget. <laughs> crescent and... kick. Uh, Sabat kick, too, was a good one back then. That's a Sabat kick. <laughs> um, good one. Randy Savage does not have a match on this card. Let's not forget that. He doesn't, unfortunately. But Lex is out there. Oh, whoa, whoa. It's only smoke and mirrors. And he's having a good old time. <laughs> dashing, <laughs> dashing Lex Luger. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Combine Lex Luger and freaking Ed Leslie here right now because he had, he, had, he had the math to go with it. Oh, God, yeah. You talk about printing money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> printing all those young bucks. Um, this next so, match, um, but yeah, Lex gets the win. Mm-hmm. They go back and forth on the finish with bat with backslides, and Perfect's feet were in the ropes, which is why, um, probably he argued with the ref at, after the match. Then Lucas just hits him with a running forearm to the head. Well, there's was, a still what, plate there, <laughs> yeah, there's was, a still plate, and he wasn't wearing his elbow pad. But was, was Hebner the ref for this one? Oh, god, I, I think he. Uh, was he? I don't believe he was. Okay, okay, okay. I say because he, he missed a feet. He missed a foot on the rim. Uh, but yeah, just like uh, <laughs> Chef said, waiting in the back, and yeah, you and you and you knew there was something going on because the camera followed Mister Perfect as he was headed up the aisle. He uh, he found Luger backstage. Mike was hanging out there. Yeah, or he's just stand, standing there and all his – I'm not going to do this. All right, let's just go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and then Gorilla Monsoon, obviously he's only good for telling us what's still left to come on the show uh, <laughs> for some reason. Um, so we've come to that time in the, in, in the WrestleMania review um, where it's time for the obligatory Undertaker match. And um, – Many will say that this is the worst one of the streak. Uh, we have The Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, Giant Gonzalez. 
God damn it. Um, so he has been Al Gigante in WCW. Yeah, he was employed by WCW for three years. <laughs> the, um, the, the reason he was employed as well is I believe they were going to bring him in to play for the Atlanta Hawks. So he actually had a contract through uh, Turner that way. Turner. And I don't think that he what, what he was paid was actually on the books for WCW because of that. Mm-hmm. Which I get, he's a spectacle, but not a good one. No, no I mean, I mean, you, you, you can definitely use him, but he shouldn't be, you know, he shouldn't be getting, he should be crushing, hey, come one, come all, step right up, look at this guy, crush job guy. He shouldn't be there yeah. with Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. um, what would you say if I told you that Giant Gonzalez had a crossover match um, in New Japan Pro Wrestling? <laughs> It wouldn't shock me at all. God, yeah. Well, I mean, that was a lot of WCW in like the early to like the middle nineties. Is that they were doing a lot of new Japan stuff, and they were bringing guys over, sending guys over there. Like, well, they love big guys, and he's not Jack, but boy, he's probably two foot taller than everybody in there, you know, in all of Japan uh, <laughs> at, that, at um, that time. Not named yeah. Giant Baba. So his his time in WCW included. Um, a feud with Ric Flair for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. I uh, can only imagine how that went. Um, he was in the Chamber of Horrors match in 91. and went Classic. On a, yeah, we're going to have to get to that soon. <laughs> and um, went on a date with Missy Hyatt. Um, Who hasn't? Uh, it's, tr- <laughs> it's true. It's true. They're like, they're like you know, fucking sal- saloon doors in the Wild West. Just swinging open. <laughs> Um, I was gonna, I was gonna say something, but not. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, yeah. So, um, not good. <laughs> um, so when Vince brought him in, um, he wasn't as ripped or fit as um, he wanted him to be, which is why they put the bodysuit on him. And it, there was there was hair on it. Hell yeah, yeah. there was. Well, you're, you're you're talking '90s when trust me when you know. Look at that airbrushing. That's just absolutely amazing. That whole getup was amazing. Again, not my cup of tea necessarily, but man, you know, throw the man in a in a Sasquatch type little deal, you know, yeah. you know, airbrush it up, and voila, there you go. So my confusion for this is okay. You're gonna have you're. You're going to have The Undertaker win. Okay. Why on earth would you have him win by disqualification? I can tell you why. Yeah. Me, yeah. Me too. I think. But go, go ahead, Eddie. It's the super interesting thing. Because, because, regardless of the outcome of this, they were still programmed to work to at least SummerSlam. So the idea mm-hmm. was to, for this just to be their first match. And there'd be almost a no finish to build more money for them to come back for a rematch. However, in, uh, on paper, that sounds great. In practice, it blows. It's not good. Yeah, I agree. Um, and also, too, if you if you beat a, you know, if you beat a ten foot guy, I'm sure he was probably billed at at the time. If you beat a ten foot guy here, well, then like you said, where do you so go? Long, so long to your yeah, yeah, yeah. So long mm-hmm. to your your money down the road. 
Man. Now, 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 people will argue this that that he is. This is the the worst Undertaker match. I we covered WrestleMania uh, eleven, and King Kong Bundy is 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 such a yeah. shitty worker that I will actually say this match is better, and that's saying something. Ooh, good lord! Yeah, I am saying something. King Kong Bundy. Um. That match did was shorter than this one though. Maybe it's got it had to be because it was it was so bad. That's fair. Um, it also had um Larry Young as the special guest ref, who is an umpire at the time for Major League Baseball. Yeah, he wanted to bump Undertaker, and Undertaker said, "If he tries that, I'm gonna fucking hit him for real." <laughs> oh gosh, eleven was the one with with LT. <laughs> it is, yes, it is. Dang it! Oh god. Um, so this is definitely up there for worst WrestleMania matches. Um, this is the one we put in the bucket of the match. It's a yeah. match. I was I was going to say Jeff Jeff and I normally have the conversation um, if a match is into this territory is it considered a match? <laughs> Especially when you have two two guys that are um, as big as they are just plodding around the ring doing a whole lot of nothing, and you have one of them who is seven seven trying to sell, and it looks like. Um, He's got shot in the neck with a beanbag. Like it's 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 so bad. And then the finish where you where you chloroform the Undertaker. Okay, <laughs> just uh, we can thank Harvey. Yeah, we can thank Harvey Whippleman for that one for the chloroform. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is one of the worst Undertaker matches. During the during the streak, um, you can argue Bundy at eleven. It's uh, bad. Reigns <laughs> Reigns at thirty two. Um, just, <sighs> just not it, 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 well, it sucks also too because this Taker isn't the Taker that he would morph into. This is still you know the Taker that's walking slow and he's a dead man. Is that now? So when you put that with a guy. That's ten foot tall and can't move. It's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, so while all of this is going on, um, John Gonzalez gives Paul Bear a headbutt, which I I didn't even know that, that I forgot he took a bump for this match. Like, <laughs> for all the things you take a bump for. Um, that was it. And I was right before the chloroform. And then you get Savage on commentary. You you can kill a guy with that. Like <laughs> He's trying, man. He's trying to make it make sense. I'll give him that. Listen, listen, the one thing about about Savage on commentary, he is he is putting everything over. And you know what? Good on good on him. Yeah. Damn right. Oh, that's his that's his job. I mean, yeah. he's trying. <laughs> he's he's doing his damn best. You can you can say that. Um, but yeah, uh, now I think as bad as well as boring. I will say as Luger, Mister Perfect was, and whatever crowd you had left from the tag match to two matches ago, this completely killed it. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's ironic too that they brought a stretcher out for the dead man. 
it's it's so silly and goofy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Bill uh, Bill Alfonso takes a takes a choke slam. It actually looked um, really good. I'll give him that. But. Yeah. Look, a lot of people bumping, and it didn't have well, to that, happen. But the, the Alfonso bump was the best bump of the damn night. Well, boy, in, in, in this match, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then so he goes away on a stretcher, and then he gets up, comes back to the ring, and then hits Tony Gonzalez uh, with with four clotheslines, and then as he as he should because three is not enough. Yeah, you got to have four. <laughs> And then, um, and then he just goes to the back, just, just bad. Wrestling. All right, Jeff, I'm ready for you for this one. It's the main event. Cool. Or is and it? I have and I have air quotes behind that one. <laughs> um, it's funny though because because normally at the end of each show that we do, we do a preview for the next week's episode, and you know we started by doing only the opening match to get a feel for it, but then we started adding the main event in, and we, and we were like, oh, what's the what's the, what's the opening match? Oh, we got to talk in HBK. What's the main event? Um, it's got Yokozuna in it without giving spoilers, <laughs> like. <laughs> Um uh but yeah, mean gene in the back talking to Hogan. Uh why when we're getting ready for the main event? <laughs> um Hulk cuts a promo saying he's on Brett's side, and so is foreshadowing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky Hogan. Um, are you Brett? I mean, are, are, are you Hogan? Um, and then he said he, and then Hogan says he wants the first title shot at the winner of the match. Boy, is he right. Man, 90 seconds later. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I hope I'm not jumping um, the gun or anything here. No, nah, I, th- yeah. I think we all, I think there's a lot of foreshadowing. Um, that's why when I made the graphic uh, for our show today, last last night, um, I put like a little like, like a little like Hogan hiding like right behind us. I'm like, oh, there's a little sneaky Hogan just hanging out there, just waiting for his time to strike. Just... <laughs> And boy, did he. Um, so it's funny. Um, Yokozuna's coming to the ring. Um, he's billed as being from Japan, despite being a Samoan born in San Francisco. Racism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, God. Um, Brett got a good pop. Um, and here, And here we go. Uh, Jeff, you're the you're the Bret Hart guy. What do you got? Oh man, listen, this is just another example of of Bret Hart being misused and uh, you know having to go out there and holding the belt, knowing you're only going to drop it to Hogan and do all this shenanigans. It's 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 just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Bret Hart is a consummate professional. Um. He's one of the greatest of all time. And I just, I, I was watching this match and I've seen it a million times. I know the ending and it said, and the other, and I'm a, I'm a Hogan guy too, to, to some extent, but it's just awful. It's absolutely awful, but yeah, hold off on some of the Hogan stuff. We'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'll, I'll let you guys have it, but it's, um, it's what we touched on earlier. You watch it and then you watch the ending and you watch the one, two, three, and the fucking place 
just goes crazy. I mean, it goes absolutely bananas. So it's like, it, well, we may hate it, but, you know, for what it's worth. And I'm not saying that makes it right, but if you're looking at it through a booking, I mean, Eddie, and you, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're the booker man. Um, if you look at it through, through, through that, those eyes, and you're looking at dollars and cents, uh, again, you know, just because it doesn't make sense to us and we hate it and, you know, the wrestling purists slash snobs don't, snobs don't like it. You know, man, the place, the, the roof blew off of that place. Mm-hmm. Which is ironic because there's, they're outside. Well, yes. But- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. No, I, I, uh, I'll, well, I'll talk more about the Hogan stuff here shortly, but um, this match has always kind of bugged me because Brett has talked that this match sh- was supposed to be a lot longer. But mm-hmm. Yoko pretty much blew himself up, which this is the first one of the first instances where winning the Royal Rumble meant something because mm-hmm. they made it specifically known that Yoko winning the Rumble gave him a title shot, which is cool because this is it kind of made the Royal Rumble not only just mean something, but it gave them the reason to give somebody a push that maybe necessarily wouldn't get the push and get a title mm-hmm. shot. Um, but Yoko Zuna, man, this time period, dude could still move. For his size, he can move. Yeah, and we looked at WrestleMania 10, and I know that's a year from what we're talking about now, but um, it was it was when he fought Luger first and then wrestled Bret Hart in the main event. And he wrestled tw- he he wrestled twice in one night, but you can clearly tell like he wrestled better against Bret obviously than Lex, but it I think with him, he's a big guy who can work, especially for his size. And I think he puts into it what his opponent puts into it. I think I think he's one of those guys. And I think it's it's clear here because you you can tell like like he's really going in this match. Um, it sucks that it ends early and he's blown up, um, but um, the crowd. Um, was into this. I think um, I think they got it back pretty quick after what we had just witnessed in the match prior. Um, especially with the leg drop at the beginning of the match, or I guess the first portion of it, and there's a and a big leg drop from Yokozuna, and you just hear the crowd just like oh, like like just a real just great reaction from the crowd. And 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 then we eventually get the USA chant, which again, he's 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 from San Francisco. He's an American. He's not Canadian. Well, Brett's Canadian. That's the funniest part of it all. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know, just um, it's it's just crazy to think that. So let's let's just get to the finish. All right. um god where where to start oh yeah earl hebner's ref ref in this match fuck Um, him (laughs) (laughs) um brett's got the sharpshooter locked in um hebner checks um on on yokozuna uh then brett gets fuji dusted um and then (laughs) nothing suspicious and then uh, Brett gets pinned, and we have a new WWF World Heavyweight Champion. It's such a lackluster ending for a championship match at WrestleMania. Yeah, 
Like, I feel like if he, he should have thrown the salt in his eyes and then Bonze dropped him. Like, if you, if you want to solidify him as, as a top heel, I mean, that's the way to do it. But this just goes yeah. back to Brett being shit on, man, because it, yeah. it continues pretty much as, from, from this point on. Brett is one of the top guys in the company the entire time he's there until he turns heel. And even then, he still argue he's still yes. super popular. And it's just like, if you're going to establish Brett as your top, as your top baby face in the company, what better way to do it than knock out, knocking out Yokozuna as the top monster heel instead of giving him the title? Or, 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 or like you said, if, if you're, if you're going to put it on, that's fine. But then you, you need Yoko to, to damn near, if, if, if you're going to do it that way, you need Yoko to damn near kill him. And then they need, they need to be taking Bret Hart out on the stretch where you think he's absolutely dead. Yeah, you know, and then you and, go, and you know, you come around the other way, and he chases and blah 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 blah. But nope, they, they didn't do either. Yeah, instead of him holding his eyes and telling Hogan, "Go get him, Hogan," which we'll get yeah. to. <laughs> but uh, but let, uh, yeah, let's just get to it. Screw it. Um, so we get Hulk, oh. we get Hulk Hogan running to the ring. He's telling referee that Yokozuna cheated. Mr. Fuji is yelling right back at him. And he says that Yokozuna issues a challenge to Hulk Hogan. Um, so the crowd's yelling for Hulk to accept the challenge, go for it. And then Bret Hart <laughs> tells him to go. Don't for say it. it. Don't say it. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Get him, Hawkster. Go. Get it. <laughs> Get him, brother. Oh. Um, he was in his quote unquote like street clothes or like pre match, um, whatever you want to call it. That's whatever. his after party doing coke gear, yeah, leggings, yeah, yeah, yeah. his yoga uh, pants. So in cowboy boots, he slides into the ring. Everybody's still in there. Uh, Yo- Yokozuna holds Hulk Hogan, and this is look. I'm not cutting anything out here. This is the entire match. Mr. Fuji throws his Fuji dust. PCP. Hulk. Yep. Hulk ducks. Dust goes into Yokozuna's eyes. Hulk clothesline. Hulk leg drop. Hulk pin. One, two, three. Hulk pose. <laughs> yeah. Hulk, and, and, Hulk, Hulk celebrate. And then he rips his shirt off. Oh, yeah. So. You do. This was 21 seconds. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Hulk Hogan, your new WWF champion, and not and not Bret Hart. What and like what? What do you think Bret's thinking? Like as he walks back through the curtain, like you know, like are are there people there? Like good job, guys, good pay per view. Like boy, I'm telling you, I would have punched well, somebody in the face. Well, knowing kind of the backstory with everything is like the ending changed the day of Mania, and it's because Hogan pushed to to leave his champion because Hogan wanted some value in it. However, uh, Brett pro- Hogan promised Brett that he'd pay him back. So the plan going forward was supposed to be King of the Ring, and I believe it's either King of the Ring or SummerSlam was supposed to be Hogan and Brett. So King much so that there was promotional footage uh, and pictures done of both men holding the, the, the title belt and like like a tug of war with it which I would kill to see that picture. I heard it, it actually exists. But in practice, it shits on 
everything. It shits on Brett. It shits on Yoko. You had a monster heel that you just made. Shits on him. You're your hardworking champion. It shits on him all because Hogan wants to become champion again. Yep. Which, which I'm fine with. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it anyway. That's fair. But you just don't do it like that. It didn't need to be done that way. And they, they get the reaction, like you were saying, that the crowd does pop. It's a huge reaction, but it's because it wasn't planned. But are they popping because they're happy that Hogan won it, or are they popping because the, the match ending they just watched was shit? You're because right. with Brett and Yoko, it's such a lackluster finish. Right. Yeah. Uh, just so. Yeah, the, the, this is arguably one of the one of the biggest blunders of the early to mid '90s period of WWF was not strapping the rocket to Brett Hogan again, being the WWF champion. Yep. Um, and then Hogan just came. I mean, I've seen whatever online at some point. Like Hogan was just like, oh well, well, it was something from the lines of like, I guess like Brett's smaller than him, so you can't drop the belt to him. Like what? And then that was the thought process later of you know, Hogan saying, I'll, "I'll return the favor and drop the title." Yeah. Here. And then bullshit. And and he then mo- the o- the only good thing that this all kind of leads into is we we get the King of the Ring following this, where Brett mm-hmm. has his his night, and then Yoko gets the title back. And uh, but it, it's just it's it's the damnedest thing, you know. They 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 put Hogan in front of him. They put. Luger over him. They end up putting Diesel over him later mm-hmm. on, and it's it's yeah, they've been. It, you could have had Brett as your champion for two plus years, and it would have made him a super valiant champion to the point where eventually people may have gotten tired of it. You could have turned him heel. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's just a frustrate. It's just frustrating their mind state and how they do it. However, it is shocking that they do give the title to Yoko, and he does actually have a, a solid heel run for this time period, which is unheard of. Yeah. Yeah, so Hogan, um, this would be his last public appearance at King, at King of the Ring, losing to Yokozuna. He would go on some house. Uh, he would be on the house circuit for a while until August. He sat out his contract, would show up in WCW in March of 94. So between this mania and when he got to WCW, uh, you guys know that Hogan went to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes, and um, his infamous line about the title belt. Oh, yeah. Um, he ended up wrestling the Great Muda a couple times. Um, teamed with Muda and Chono. Wrestled Tatsumi yeah. Fuja, Fujinami. A nice uh, little, like, quick like quick couple of months there. As he was a uh, champion, and this is, uh, you know, of course, after Mania, he does this big press uh this press thing as they always do for new Japan. And he, you know, he basically says that the WWF title is a tinker toy. It's, it's not even a real, a, a, a real trophy, but he says that the IWGP title is, is the real tro- trophy that he wants for Muda. So uh, it, it kind of, he kind of shits on the WWF, but I mean, I get what he's doing is he's trying to make the IWGP title mean something and, and make it seem like a big deal. But at the same time, yeah. he shits on the, on the, on the company that he's champion of. So uh, fucking. Of course of- he does. Yeah, of course he does. And, and then and one, Muda's one of my all-time favorites. So, And then in that match, he, Hogan has an integer. And I'm getting off the rails here, but... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. There we go. Um, 
yeah, so we're already off the rails here, but that was WrestleMania 9. Um, is this the worst mania in WWE history? No. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say no. Because I, I think oh, what Eddie said earlier is like he, the first, I don't know, maybe four or five WrestleManias, not that they're bad, but I think you know, in real time, you know, you don't know the WrestleMania. It's just pay-per-views new and these things are new and like there is no scale. There's no, you know, you don't really grade them. There's no scale. I think, I think, well, you can go both ways. I think when you get into some of these later ones, when they have a like, oh, what's WrestleMania? Like, and, you know, some of them are bad. Some of them, you know, I think you can, when you hold it against that standard, I don't know. I think we can start splitting hairs, but. I, I think it's like how people shit on uh, Nickelback. It's the popular thing to do, but you know, there's some, there's someone out there that still has how you remind me on their playlist. And Re- WrestleMania Nine, it's the popular thing. To say WrestleMania Nine sucks because you know this and that happened. But re- those first WrestleManias are rough. It's like you you put on 12, 13 yeah. matches on a show, and none of them mean anything except for three of them. Yep. I will say at least this show, most of the matches had some kind of context of why they're happening, with the exception of Bob Backlund and Razor Ramon. I will say it's the least enjoyable mania I've probably watched in recent memory, but then again, we're on a big old strand of them here. Um, <laughs> God, this is what one, two. This is our as as a as a podcast. This is only the fourth mania we've ever reviewed, with another five on the way. So this is um, this is worse than nine than ninety four. I think for sure. Oh. Um, well, right, I mean, guess, WrestleMania, yeah, WrestleMania 10, sorry. WrestleMania 10 has an, has an amazing, has at least, it's a two-match show, but at least yep. the two matches are so great. And the two matches are Brett and Owen in the latter match. But uh, you, you, you just thinking of those two matches over pretty much anything on this show, and like we were saying, the Steiner brothers and, and the head shrinkers are definitely a, a high point of this show. And, mm-hmm. and even, you know, the, it's, a, it's a strung out match, but uh, Sean and Tatanka, uh, mm-hmm. if they could have came up with an actual finish, it would have been a better match. Yeah. Um, so that's going to wrap it up. It's going to put a nice little bow on it. Um, get some programming notes out of the way here. Um, before we get to next week's show, in two weeks' time, um, we will be talking about WrestleMania 19, also with a guest from the Wrestling Ruin podcast. Um, that would be Eddie, your great friend, Travis Lasseter. Good guy, good guy. I believe Jeff bought uh, some tapes off him at, at one of the NGW yes. shows. Yes, 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 yes. He's a <laughs> good dude and a fellow. Um, you know, it's the same problem I have with wrestling, wrestling merch, like older '90s wrestling merch. You know, <laughs> it, 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 it's hard to explain. If you know, you know. You know, I don't know. <laughs> he, uh, good dude, good dude. My best friend. Uh, I always, I always say he's uh, my heterosexual life mate, and. Um, uh, he's, he's more of like a brother. I've known Travis for like 12 years, something like that and longer. Yeah. About 12 years now. Oh man. It's been that long. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, good dude. Very knowledgeable, very knowledgeable of WWF, WWE. Uh, he used to be able to ran off, uh, every WWF to WWE champion ever in order. Ooh, so, uh, ooh. we, uh, that's what we used to do. We'd get drunk and just watch wrestling. So, uh, you guys are in for a treat. Make sure you have your edit button ready though. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I'm, I'm taking the next day off so I can just go ahead and edit the whole thing. If, you better if take I two need. days off just in case. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. God. He's a good dude though. Um, yeah, and then the week ab- after that, so now we're looking at three weeks down the road, we will be welcoming uh, the gentleman over from the No Disqualification podcast on to review WrestleMania 21 with us. So a lot of good things coming down the pipeline here for us. Mm. And I will let Eddie gush about what's happening in April because I know he's excited and so are we. Um, but our next week's show here on the Wrestling Purist Podcast is going to be WrestleMania 14. That is just Jeff and I just uh, r- just running wild. Um, Jeff, would you like to hear what the what the opening match is? Let's do it. Um, it's a tag team battle royale um, to determine your uh, new number one contenders for the tag titles. Um, I'm going to list off um, just the tag teams that are in this. Um, right. So we've got so <laughs> I'm going to start with the Midnight Express, Bob, the bodastic Bart, bodacious Bob. Which, which yeah, which iterate yeah, which which iteration? Um, this would be um, bodacious Bart and bombastic okay. Bob. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. As I'll make sure. Also known as just Bob Holly and Bart and Bart Gun. Um, then we have LOD 2000. That would be where Sonny's wearing the uh, you know spiky bra. Have your commissary um, ready for her. Yeah. Jesus. Um, we got, we've got, we've got the Godwins, uh, the tag Godwin. team, uh, the tag team of Steve Blackman and Flash Funk. You're damn right. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we've got DOA. DOA. Uh, too much, also too cool. The Headbangers. Oh God, the Rock and Roll Expresser in this. They are. Uh, we've uh, we got the Quebecers. Uh, Farouk and Kama of the Nation of Domination, Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown of the Nation of Domination, um, Bradshaw and Chains. Hmm? Okay. Um, we, ha- uh, we have the Truth Commission, um, which would be Recon and Sniper. Hell um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we have two teams of Los Pericuas, which is Jose Estrada Jesus Castillo, Miguel Perez, and uh, the one and only uh, Savio Vega. Oh yeah, and all of those guys are in a, are in a battle royal. Mm. It should be a barn burner. And then the main event, <laughs> as you, then the main event, as you know, is um, the WWE title match. Uh, Shawn Michaels defending against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mike Tyson is your um, special guest enforcer. Um, so it, it's, it's kind of it's kind of wild when you think about it because this is only what five years later, and Shawn Michaels was in the opening match, and now he's in the main event. Yeah, yeah. and he, yeah. he Sean Sean Dr- well, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> All right, I am going to turn it over to our to our super special guest. Eddie, the floor is yours. Plug whatever you want to plug, where they can find you, all that good stuff. The floor is yours. Yeah, his biggest thing is finding us at NextGenTN. Uh, you can find us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can get tickets at NextGenTN.net slash tickets. Our next show is April 10th in Knoxville, Tennessee at Jackson Terminal. Great venue. We have air conditioning, which is fantastic. Uh <laughs> We already announced one match, Davey Richards of the Davey Richards Jerk Squad uh, uh, versus uh, 
Menace as he returns. You guys have only got to see Menace once, uh, so Menace does return. Uh, but we have some good stuff planned, and it's going to be a good show leading into the, the follow-up show, which I believe is going to be in July, maybe. Um, but also check out Wrestling Ruin. It's our other podcast where we were just talking about Travis and our good buddy Brandon over at ProjectLouder.net. Uh, we uh, been doing this for over a year now, and we've been trending in the in the iTunes charts, and it's been it's been fun. Uh, kind of going over uh, the, the year of 1995, uh, which uncensored 1995 is still the worst show we've ever watched. So uh, get ready for that one. Uh, if you get a chance to watch it, it's fun. But definitely check us out on uh, social medias at Wrestling Ruined. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, Jeff, anything before my plug? Uh, you know, me, same old stuff. Watch new wrestling, old wrestling, wrestling that's new to you. Support uh, local wrestling. Support Next Gen. Like, you know, come on. Yeah. Stroll on down, stroll on down in Tennessee. It's, it's, it's a great time. Those guys are absolutely great. Um, the Jackson Terminal, you know, listen. In, in the realm of wrestling shows, and if you've been beating the path as long as I have, that place is um, – you know, it's uh, that place is actually nicer than Madison Square Garden. All you people from New York kiss my ass. Um, uh, it's a yeah, beat it's before beautiful. we air off. Yeah? It's, it's a beautiful <laughs> venue. Um, these guys do it right. Um, check them out. Uh, as long as somebody remember to pay the electric bill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, if you haven't heard of next gen you're in the wrong if you haven't seen them you're in you're in the wrong but that's okay a simple 9.99 will fix that you can go over to the high spots network pay 9.99 a month you can see all of their shows um especially the ones from the last year where we made our triumphant return um to live shows which is awesome we've had the pleasure of seeing every next gen show since coming back um and listen we're stationed here in virginia and they're in knoxville so you know if we're making the seven hour car drive there you know that it's worth it okay yeah so head on over to high spots check check them out and then after you watch some of that you're going to go over to nextgentn.net backslash tickets buy your tickets they've got merch on there they've got replica titles uh which are beautiful um and then where can you find us? You can find us on Twitter. Yeah. And then um, on all on all <laughs> podcast streaming platforms because we're on over a dozen. So go check that out. And um, whether you agree with us or, or not, you're wrong because we are the wrestling purists. <laughs>